Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of 1 Kings, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Asherah get together, and they create these two different piles of wood, two different altars. Elijah lets the other prophets go first to to show their God's power, to bring down fire upon this altar and burn up the cow sacrifice. Now, obviously, their God doesn't do anything. And Elijah ends up saying to them, well, maybe your God is sleeping and you need to wake him up. Maybe he's in the washroom. And then Elijah turns to his altar that he has set up, and and he has them pour buckets upon buckets upon buckets of water on this altar. And then he has God rain fire down on that altar. Because there is only one true God. Well, this doesn't make King Ahab happy, and so Elijah runs from him and his wife Jezebel, who seeks his life. And that brings us to today. Elijah is scared. He's scared for his life, and whatever he's feeling in that moment, he wanted his life to end, asking God to take his life. And then what's interesting to note is that Elijah continues on his journey, and he ends up in a cave. And the word of the Lord came to him. It says, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then says, Go out. And stand on the mount before the Lord. God is going to come to him. And a great strong wind comes by. But God is not in the wind. Like he was with, say, the prophet Ezekiel. After the wind comes an earthquake. But God is not in the earthquake. Like he is with Moses in the wilderness. And after the earthquake comes fire. But God was not in the fire like he was with Moses in the burning bush. And after the fire comes a whisper. And that was where God was. Not in the fire, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, but in the whisper. God is great. He is incredible. He can do amazing, spectacular things. And he had done amazing, spectacular things, but he doesn't always. And sometimes we get in the way of God's amazing, spectacular work. Sometimes we run away when things aren't going the way we expected them to. Now, no one is claiming that Elijah is a coward for running away from someone who wanted to kill him. But he's certainly not like David facing the giant Goliath head-on, knowing that he was going to be victorious because God was on his side. For us, sometimes we run away from God. Sometimes we doubt. And that's because we're sinners. And sometimes we're even opposed to God. Sometimes in our following of God, sin gets in the way and we don't do what God wants us to do. Take a look at the prophet Jonah, for example. Or see Elijah here today. Yet what does God do? God still comes. And he comes to us too. 
to accomplish what he wants for us. God works through Elijah, not in the extraordinary, but in the whisper. Now, sometimes we think that we need to be extraordinary. Sometimes we think that we need to have all of the right answers when it comes to our faith, be able to speak all of the right words without fumbling over them when someone asks us about what we believe. Oh, uh, hmm, ah, geez, ah, let me think. Uh, ooh, I don't know. When it's not about us, it's about God. And he's there in the ordinary, in the whisper, in the silence, in the present, in the here and the now, with his presence. God spoke to Elijah in the whisper. And Elijah was a prophet of God. That means that God spoke directly to him. And then he took that word and carried it. And we can be just like Elijah. When we think of the relationships that we have with people, when we think of what God is doing in our lives, the word of the Lord comes to us today. God has given us his word, and by faith, we are the ones who speak that word to others. That doesn't make us prophets. It makes us bearers of the word. It makes us disciples. It makes us followers. It makes us the light in the darkness of this world. It makes us the children that God has called us to be. We've now entered the season of Advent. And Advent means coming. And we think about the coming of Christ. Christ comes to us with his life, with his love, with his death and resurrection, and with his word. And Christ comes to others, and sometimes that happens through us. Sometimes we're good at speaking God's word of Christ to others. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're sinners and our sin gets in the way of us sharing the word of God with others. And sometimes God works through us to share that word with others. Now I'm going to invite somebody to come up here with me, if in case you haven't noticed these two chairs, to share a little bit of their experience with sharing the word of God with someone they love. So, Teresa, if you're ready, why don't you come and join me up here? Teresa is the uh, director of the Board of Evangelism. It's okay. Uh, Teresa, as we, as we think about the word of the Lord coming to Elijah, we don't really hear much about his journey before he was a prophet, sharing God's word. And obviously he's not here to tell us, but you are. So why don't you share with us your journey that led to the story that you're going to be telling us today? Okay, um, so my parents were married in a Lutheran church, and as far as I know, my dad's family were Lutherans. But my mom's mother was very sick and died when she was 14, and her illness brought their family to the Christian Science Church. So when my parents were married, they selected the United Church for our family, and, and that's where we went. I... But I don't remember my dad attending church, but my mom, she taught Sunday school. And I grew up thinking that my parents were faithful believers because they sent us to Sunday school and we also went to youth group. 
want you to know my parents were loving and kind and generous and compassionate, and, and you, would, you would say that they were good people. But as I grew in my faith, I realized that they had strayed from any kind of faith. I knew my mom had some difficulty with original and actual sin, and she believed that the goal is to be a good person and that you make your own heaven or hell on earth. So when opportunities came up, I tried to talk to my mom about Jesus and salvation. But my dad was often conveniently absent from these conversations, so I didn't really know what my dad believed. Teresa, my family's history is a little bit different, but I remember thinking some of the same things about my dad. My dad would come to church with us, but he was also the kind of guy that would start snoring during the sermon, and my mom had to elbow him uh, to wake him up. And then after my parents divorced, I really never saw him in church again until things like my seminary graduation, my ordination took place. And we never really talked about our faith, or his faith, even though I was a pastor. Because you see, even pastors are sinners, and We don't always do what God calls us to do, even though we get up before you every Sunday and share the Word of God. But you did have that opportunity, so tell us about that. Well, when my dad got sick recently, I made a determined effort to have those hard conversations, and so I asked both my parents, what do you believe? And my mom didn't want to talk about it. And my dad's response was, well, if there's a God, he will take care of me. And if not, oh well. And I was pretty crushed by that. So over the next few weeks, I tried to bring faith up over and over again. And it was hard because a lot of our time together was spent managing my dad's health. And opportunities to talk about faith didn't really materialize. But along the way, I found this little book, and it's called How Good is Good Enough. It really explains logically why being a good person isn't enough to get to heaven. And so I decided this book was perfect for my dad because he was a thinker and really analytical. So I worked up the courage and one day I said to my parents a heartfelt speech about all the medical things we were doing but how that might not be enough. And so it was important to think about faith and what happens after this life. I asked them if they trust me And I reminded them that I had already spent a lot of time thinking about this and about my faith. And and I had a lot of science background that could have drawn me away from my faith, but instead I held fast to that faith. And I shared the book with my dad and I asked him to read it. And uh, he did. But within a few weeks, my dad was at Riverview in palliative care and, and we never got around to talking about the book. My dad was sleeping most of the time and he wasn't very responsive. So we couldn't really have a conversation about faith. One day I told him that God was waiting for him, and he responded with, What's taking him so long? That was my dad, always the comic. (laughs) I replied, though, that God was waiting for him to believe, because he wants everyone to come to faith and have eternal life. I wish I had asked him again, What do you believe? Before he became unable to speak. But moving forward, all I could do was pray over him and read from the church bulletin and share God's word because I remember that faith comes from hearing the word. 
Throughout my dad's life, he, I feel, daily lived the fruits of the Spirit. He was a good person, but that isn't enough. I'm hoping those seeds of faith I shared with him took root and grew before the end came. And I hold on to the belief that it was my job to plant those seeds and God's job to give the growth. You had the opportunity to share God's word with your dad, but in the end there was still some uncertainty. I remember when I got the phone call from my brother that my dad had passed away, which meant I was never going to have that chance to ask that question, to have those conversations about faith. Knowing that none of us know the day or the hour when someone we know, someone we love might pass away, especially if they don't believe, or if we're not sure, there may come a time when we run out of time. Sometimes we think that the, the mission field, right, the place that we go to share the good news of Jesus is faraway countries. But the mission field is our neighbor next door, our parents, our friends. When it comes to sharing the word of God, God with others, Teresa, what can we take away from a story like mine or a story like yours? I think it's important to remember that people you have a relationship with trust you. My dad trusted me to share my faith with him, so I hope I did enough for him to come to faith, but I'll never really know. I'm bolder now in sharing God's word with my immediate family, but it's not always easy. I try not to shy away from those conversations and not worry about what people think, because I learned during this journey with my dad that you can run out of time. But I also learned that my family respects me for living out my faith rather than keeping it to myself. And that tells me that they trust me too. I try to remember that you never know when the last chance for those conversations will be until the opportunity has passed. The last thing I want to ask you about is the book that you shared with your dad, How Good is Good Enough. Now, there's plenty of good things in that book, but maybe you want to just share some key ideas without giving away too much since we have copies for all of you today. Uh, this is a great little book, and uh, it explains that many people believe that good people go to heaven. The problem with this view is that the definition of good changes over time, and it changes based on who you ask. So the idea that good people go to heaven is flawed. The first part of, part of the book unpacks why this idea is so appealing but wrong. And the second part of the book explains about Christianity and that forgiven people go to heaven. I want you to know that when I talked to my parents and gave this book to them, my brother was also there. And he didn't used to want to talk about faith, but his girlfriend recently told me that now he does. So maybe I planted a little seed there as well. I've also shared this book with other members of my family recently. And I try to have these conversations with them about the book. Um, I just shared this book on Friday with a friend of mine, and so I think it's a great resource for getting people to think about what they believe, and I suggest you read it first and, and then share it with somebody you really care about so you can get that conversation going. Thank you, Teresa. We speak the truth of God's word to people so that they understand being good isn't good enough. That, in fact, none of us are good. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. 
We all miss out on opportunities to share Christ, to share the word of God with others. Sometimes it's because our sin gets in the way. And there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. And in fact, what we really deserve is, is death, not life, for all of our sin. We deserve hell, not heaven. But that is the reason that Christ came. He came to die. To die for all of our sins. For all of our mistakes. For all of the times where we run away from sharing the word of God with others. With those who need to hear it. He takes our death in order to bring us life. He suffers hell for us in order to bring us heaven. And heaven is secure because of his resurrection from the dead. And he forgives us. And his forgiveness sets us free. And the Holy Spirit works in our faith to help us lead a life that doesn't flee from him, that isn't scared, that isn't worried about what a person's response will be to us sharing Jesus with them. What we can do in our mistakes is learn from them and allow God to use us in ways that maybe we didn't see coming. And God uses you where you are, where he has called you to be. So whether you're a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a neighbor, a friend, a worker, And so today we're going to pray that he makes you a blessing to others. That he helps you share the word of God to those who don't know him. To those that doubt. To those that you are maybe uncertain of. To those that all they can do is hear. And the good news is, God's going to use you. And even if you miss one opportunity, there will be many more. Because until Christ comes again, there will always be someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That God wants them to believe in him. That God wants to give them salvation. Salvation that has been won on the cross for us through Jesus' death and resurrection. Because he is God. And he, and he alone is good enough for us. And it's salvation that has been won for you. Salvation that has been won for me. Salvation given freely by faith, which is a gift. Given through the greatest gift ever given that we soon get to celebrate. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Good news that blesses you. That blesses me. That blesses the world. And it never gets old. Amen.